When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate do you call on such lost creatures to defend you? How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very you might not be glad that you did there was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about Marvel Christ Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Egan. I'm joined by my co-host Chris Bruffett. Chris, how are you feeling today? I am doing great, Jesse. I am extremely excited to talk a little Doctor Strange with you today, but I'm also excited about MCP, man. Well, absolutely. And what's pretty cool about the timing of talking about Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and where we're finishing right now on our show, which is Midnight Suns, and where we're going, which is a lot of this convocation content and other things around this universe. It's just very fun. It's very fun to frame our ideas and thoughts around this, and I'm just so excited to be back in the MCU. We haven't been in the MCU for a minute, and there's been a lot of great content that's come out, but of course, as we mentioned in the last couple episodes, MCP comes first, and news comes first, and things like that, and so we've had to put these sort of things we really want to talk about, like Doctor Strange and Moon Knight on hold for a second, and now we're here, and today we are talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's Doctor Strange 2, and what's, I guess, the crazy part about this, Chris, is love and thunder is like happening now so it's just oh like oh my gosh we're getting caught up <laughs> don't worry we're gonna cover it all but uh we also wanted everyone at home to have the option to see dr strange before we did our review and our analysis and our discussion so we think enough time's passed now so it's it's an appropriate time to do it but with that said i think we got a lot to talk about today chris so before we do that we should tend to some business real quick <laughs> Fury's Finest is sponsored by DiscountGamesInc.com. Go to DiscountInc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at Patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy this show and would like to join our Discord community, consider supporting us on Patreon. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. This week, we want to send a very special, special and individualized shout out to Ryan C. Ryan, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. And of course, we cannot do this show without our Avenger producers, Rusty, Dylan, Nathan, and Brian. Thank you, Avengers. Thank you, guys. All right, Chris, let's get into our Marvel Cinematic Universe, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness review. Well, where to start, Chris? There's a lot of crazy things in this movie, and I think we'll start with the craziest thing right off the top. That's obviously something really good to talk about. 
And I think one of the highest points of this movie for me personally, and this has been my personal bias, but this movie was directed by Sam Raimi and composed by Danny Elfman. And weirdly, (laughs) Disney gave them a ton of creative control and sort of freedom, which is kind of unusual in an MCU movie. And we say that they did this with Chloe Zhao for Eternals, and that kind of conflicted with the MCU. But Rami and then Elfman doing the music in particular, and then, of course, some incredible cinematography by John Matheson, and, of course, some unique editing, make this movie different. And that actually, I think, is a con for some people and a pro for some people. Well, it's a big pro for me. I'll tell you that. Inject some excitement in the MCU, right, with some creativity of different filmmaking styles, right? Right. Absolutely. This whole movie feels different from the get-go. Well, that's true. The effects feel a little bit different. The camera angles feel a little bit different. That's Raimi there, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a very Raimi movie, and I kind of love that about it. I think it's a breath of fresh air in the MCU, but, you know, there's no right or wrong opinion on this. It's a subjective Mm -hmm. art form. Well, and I think why it's such a good decision to let a director be creative like this is because this is more of a genre film and less of an MCU film. And in them making a genre film that's like a fantasy horror like this, that mainly is fantasy horror over everything else, getting like an like an auteur like Rami, who's like, that's his wheelhouse is horror, but also his wheelhouse was kind of launching the MCU with the original Spider-Man films and sort of their weird quirkiness and ang- camera angles and they are weird and danny elfman doing incredible music for those films this is a return for them working together i still think about how good that doc Ock theme is where it sounds like you're going all over the piano like multiple arms but it being a genre film and disney taking this risk and like you said chris visually also taking some interesting risks and making it open up this sci-fi multiverse element even more as well I think in them doing it this more creatively kind of opened the doors for the multiverse in different ways, too, if you get what I'm saying. No, it absolutely did. And it also, it did a couple of things in that area, I believe. It it gave the MCU audience a true idea of what the multiverse was, a kind of intro mm. course, you know, I, I especially with some of the cameos in there and how it works and even through the dialogue the way they did that the way they did a lot of it they represented it visually but that visual representation is going to do a lot to help us understand the rest of (laughs) what's going to happen in this phase because i think it's going to get pretty complicated yeah absolutely and you know i would love to be proven wrong but i could see this being one of the more creative movies going forward not in the sense of what the movie does but in since the way the movie's executed but i also could see them being like oh this made a lot of money it didn't make as much as like an avengers movie but like it made a lot of money it did well and it was a risk and people seem to like it and critics seem to like it as well for the most part so it's like i think they could also look at that as like well maybe we should give directors more creative control not everyone has sort of that initial Favreau style in the Iron Man movies, you know, and like kind of blanket that across the way like they did for a while. And, you know, it's funny, like phase two was kind of like the most locked in of the style, you know, it's kind of like phase one, they were kind of like jumping around a little bit and phase two, they kind of like, no, 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 it's got to be because this is working, you know, it's got to be this formulaic thing. And, but then every once in a while, they just get directors like 
a James Gunn to come along and do Guardians and bring a different tone and style to that. You get a Taika Waititi to completely revitalize Thor when Hemsworth Absolutely. is done playing Thor. And now that's not the case at all. He wants to play the character. Now he wants to for play the rest of his life. Yeah, he wants to retire Thor. <laughs> and, you know, the, the Guardians are still going. And, and I just love this creative decision to have a genre film directed by a genre director. And it works so well. And we're about to talk about all the reasons why it works, but why it worked for us in particular. But I think the other side of that coin is if you don't really love genre films, if you don't like particular sci-fi fantasy and horror, which are like kind of the ultimate genre films in a lot of people's minds, this might not be for you, you know? And that's kind of the intention of this in the sense of it's, it's trying to be more that direction, but then it has a bunch of MCU in it as well. I like those risks. And I think they're worth the payoff, you know? And I think not all of them, not everything in this movie pays off and everything in this movie is perfect. But like, to me, the creativity was so profound and the two lead actors were so well executed that it kind of just solidified it in my mind as like one of my favorite MCU movies in a way where it was just different, you know? And that's what we need when we're 30 films in. You're not wrong. Hearing that number out loud is kind of just right boggling right 30 films <laughs> yeah we're about 30 in, and we and can it's... we can probably talk about at least a little bit on every one of them like that's right true. here right now no prep that's stupid that is stupid and it also means we're mega fans but it also means mean that, that like yeah. the ones we probably can't recall very well i'm looking at you like iron man 2 thor 2 stuff like that those were more formulaic and those were less memorable and they there's some things going on there like i think this is there's something with this, you know, because I've even heard people be critical of this movie, but they were like, but I also love this sequence. I also love this sequence. I also love this part. I also love that they did this when I would never thought they'd do this in a Marvel movie. Some of the horror elements, for instance, I think they're onto something good here and I think all the risks are worth it. So I think we start with that idea because it's cool. But obviously, Chris, we got to talk about like you and I do before we get into like the film analysis and plot and stuff, we got to talk about the introduction of America Chavez through this film. And I know you're a big America Chavez fan and a young Avengers fan. I think they mainly executed bringing her into the MCU through this, but obviously it's kind of tough because it's like at its core, this is a strange at its core. This is Wanda's movie just straight up. Let's just start there (laughs) and also strangest movie, but without America Chavez, none of these pieces would have be in place. And I like how they use that and they introduced her but it's just we're kind of right in the action with her because let's let's talk about the opening scene the opening scene is defender strange protecting her which is another strange in another universe look every epic story starts in the middle of the action love it no different here that's the george lucas method right there that's his favorite method that is that flash gordon like just drop you right in that is from the odyssey and the iliad sir that is that that predates old old georgie boy yeah, but that's how we're introduced to her. She's almost killed by this demon, and Defender Strange actually is killed by this demon. Now, I do want to take a little umbrage here with something you've said already. You said that this is Wanda's movie. Mainly. I'd like to I'd like to push back on that. I think the character growth that you see in America Chavez and Doctor Stephen Strange is one hundred percent illustrated in this opening scene taken with the end of the movie. I think Wanda is a, I think she's great in this movie. Yeah. She's finally a lead, right? Yeah. And and I'm not trying to take away from her story, but I, the character growth, I, I'm just blown away by the character growth seen in this movie and the relationship, the automatic bond formed between strange and Chavez 
when it's supposed to be Peter that is right. Strangish protege now. I don't know. It's very good. I really, really like it. I think it puts this movie on its back for me. I agree with you completely about the strange character development. And I think you're right in the way, and I'll add on to that, where it's like, this is a strange character development movie built around this Wanda story. You know what I mean? And of course, the Wanda story completely engulfs Strange and America Chavez, and they become full part of this story as well. And why I love the movie so much is... You know, we've gotten so much of Strange in these movies after Doctor Strange, and he was such a hit in all of them. You know, Infinity War, right? Like him fighting Ebony Maw and all this stuff, like, and protecting the Earth, him and Wong protecting the Earth, and all the Sanctum Sanctorum stuff. And of course, we had a, a fairly large Strange element in Spider-Man No Way Home. So they've been setting all this up. And then, of course, best episode of What If is the Strange episode. But we were just bound to get this strange centered movie where it's like, okay, we already had his origin story, which was great. The first one, one of the better origin story movies, probably so in the MCU, I think. Yeah. I've actually been rewatched it a couple of times in recent years. And I even liked it more than I did the first time I saw I it. I could and see that. It, it, yeah, it seemed it to be one well. that would, ha- that would ha- hold up. Yeah. You just got to love that. The final climactic scene is just all around strange using the orb of Agamotto and talking with Dormammu, you know, and like not actually this sort of, mcu spectacle bombastic fight you know it's like this just sort of all the bombastic was in the effects in the backgrounds and Mm -hmm. the psychedelic nature of that movie yeah it was very fun yeah so in this one we get this cold open we're talking about where we see a different strange from the start who tries to kill america because he's like i can't let this demon take your power jump portals and that's what you're talking about chris which we'll get to later which is why our 616 strange is different from all the other strangers and why we love him so much and that's something they show in this movie a lot because we see other strangers like in the illuminati realm and we see two other strangers in this right movie. and of course the mad strange the dark strange and they all had good intentions but they used power to achieve those good intentions and then the power eventually took over you know and something happened because cataclysmic because of that and i love that they juxtapose that with our strange you know and why he chooses the things he did and you know they set up the film very early on so after this opening scene where america chavez gets away because strange does save her in the last minute after he's like maybe i should kill you he does save her she goes through her star portal he noticed a uh an opening for mm-hmm. the demon to not destroy the multiverse. So he took it. He's like, cut your tentacles off. America goes through. Now she's in Strange's universe. But the cool part is, is like, we have this character film that you're talking about. Like we have Strange at Christine's wedding and we have him Strange talking with his old friends, his old other surgeons. And then being like, yeah, Thanos. So you were the guy that like looked at all possible universes, you know, was that really the way to go? You know, which is... It's an interesting way to frame it right at the beginning, right? <laughs> well, and it's very realistic too. If if something like that, if you lost happened, your family members like that. Yeah, imagine how many people came back to tragic circumstances. You know, oh gosh, that yeah. the five years were just five years away were just horrible to their family and friends, and they come back to a different world. You know, there's a lot of a lot of grief and a lot of ripple effects that came from the blink in this universe. So I think it's very, very astute of the shot callers to introduce that concept early in this movie that in the whole public knows the story. Everyone knows what happened Mm -hmm. and strange is being publicly questioned as to, are you sure that was the only way this way that that caused so much grief and pain? Yeah. There's a lot of self-exploration and like, 
you know, strange looking over his own thoughts in this movie, like you talked about, because he's being presented with questions like that. He was at Christine's wedding and she's like, Stephen, there's never a universe where we'll work out because, you know, you always want to be the one holding the knife. And that's what she says, leaves him, you know, at where they're talking at the bar at, at her reception. And then, of course, we have Strange in this moment and we have the demon come after America Chavez, a different demon this time. And we've got a cool MCU battle, but more importantly, we have one of the coolest superhero getting in his costumes thing where Strange drinks his martini, flips over the side balcony, and then the cloak appears, and then he immediately is in his suit from his tuxedo, you know? Just love it. I just love it. The martini thing was too Bond. It was too much. That's just a cover batch thing, you know? <laughs> it's that they, yeah. they they're like, do a cover batch thing here. Yeah, him refilling Christine's glass with red wine. That was pretty cool, too. But they're just flexing Strange's powers in this, but... He's being selfish. He's he's searching for happiness. Yeah, he's he's showing off. He's feeling very obsolete. Exactly. That is why he's doing these things. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head there, Jesse. He was gone, so he lost the title of Sorcerer Supreme to Wong. He came back and kind of didn't do the right thing with Peter Parker, and now he doesn't remember Peter Parker. <laughs> but things happened, transpired where he had to do stuff, and that didn't quite go right. It's this interesting juxtaposition of how powerful he is mixed with his, you know, his arrogance and his confidence, but also mixed with some of the stuff he's been through that he hasn't really processed yet. Let's be real, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like that juxtaposition of, well, I'm the holder of the Ayo Agamotto. I'm the Sorcerer Supreme, past tense. I'm all these things. So he still is the Sorcerer Supreme in his head. Right. So all that's got to, and I understand this because I'm like, I'm a very like focused person. It's like, he's like, all that has to push down the needs of Stephen Strange, you know, all these titles, all these things. Like I got to be defender of the earth. He sought happiness in titles and responsibility and status and skill. Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely he was the best did. The best. Yeah. I, I think you said something really good in there. It's not only that he never had, a, that he never did process. He never even let himself process things. That's true. That's absolutely true. It's kind of that that trap that so many folks fall into of it's not seeing communication vulnerability as weakness. And mm, that's yeah. how I kind of interpreted what was going on with Strange in the beginning of this movie. And there's something I, I'm excited to point out later whenever we get to the scene. Yeah. We, we'll get there and we'll and I'll tie it back into where we're at here, but we better we should move. Yeah. And get there. Yeah. And spoilers abound. I mean, we've already been in spoilers, but it's like there's a lot of connections that Rami and the script writers use that I think are very powerful. Where It's like Christine in this universe versus Christine. We're going to later on. And it's like the things he's done, you know, that she was the love of his life, but like why it didn't work, you know, these sort of things. So moving on, we have Strange and Wong fight a Shimagorath looking demon, but it's not actually Shimagorath. So I got excited when I first saw the trailers. I was thinking it was him, but now it's just a demon. And they save America Chavez in a very, you know, Strange defeats the demon of the brain with a very rammy way. He conjures some giant demon hands and picks up a uh, a giant stoplight and stabs it right in the demon's eye <laughs> and then it pulls it right out oh <laughs> plops out and you're like so okay good. that's for full genre film now they're, yes. they're just going for it and he does a little screech and scream and mm-hmm. that's very fun but then they have their meeting with america chavez and it's quippy it's mcu but more importantly it's it's them learning that the multiverse is real she can jump through the multiverse and she has no other versions of herself so she's the one of the most unique individuals in world galaxy you know what i mean list goes on multiversal existence exactly and because she doesn't dream and she doesn't have any other versions of herself and you know they also learned that dreaming is you seeing through the eyes of your other selves and other universes and 
it's 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 a cool thing to set up in the MCU. It's something that's from the comics and things like that. But now they're actually fully embracing it, you know. And Wong talks about so that means all those nightmares I have of being chased by a clown, you know. It's like, well, some universe Wong that's happening. This is a pretty cool introduction with America Chavez and that. And this is also where we find Defender Strange's body because he got sucked through America Chavez's portal as well. And Strange buries him on a roof of a building. You you pretty much summed it summed it up. These were kind of these are scenes to move things along. Tie yep. up some loose ends, set up set up some things for for later, and some, yeah, some good character building and things like that. You know, I love the Strange and Wong relationship here too. We're getting more of it. You know, they've always had it. It's really developed, and you can tell that they're that that kind of in some kind of frenemy stage here. Absolutely, I think Strange is still not over. Of course, Wong being oh, the absolutely, and don't discount Wong. You know, right? He's got to feel a little insecure being next mm-hmm. to the more talented former sorcerer supreme yeah who is directly chosen by the ancient one and holder of the iagog mode all these things yeah it's it's tales old as time you know these sort of frenemy buddies i also love the comedy of you know our strange where he's like there is a universe where i have a ponytail uh (laughs) because you know the defender strange he has a long top knot ponytail so this is when all the action really happens because strange immediately goes to wanda because he finds runes on the demons and He's like, well, there's a demons with inscripted runes on it chasing America Chavez. I got to find Wanda. And Wanda's like, oh, you're here about Westview. And he's like, actually, no, I'm not here about Westview, but I would like you to come back. The Avengers would love to have you back. And this is when Wanda plays coy for a while. And she's like, you know, I can't lie anymore. (laughs) She's like, the lying is the hard part here. And then, you know, everything is revealed that her actual farm that she retreated to has completely been taken over by Chaos Magic and the Darkhold because since WandaVision, Chris, she has been reading that Darkhold and hearing the voices of her boys in her ears. And this is a good time to talk about the WandaVision strength and issue with this movie, right? Sure. What are your thoughts when I say that initially? Well, obviously... The strengths are that we have been rewarded with all this character development and and right. side stories and in comic terms, this limited mini series leading into the big event. Okay, yeah, we have we absolutely were rewarded for putting that time in, uh, yep. knowing that backstory. On the other hand, I could see this whole I could see this whole thing being a little confusing for those folks that did not, or maybe they just didn't like Wandavision. For mm. whatever reason, or didn't have time, didn't have Couldn't interest. Get past whatever those first it was. two episodes, maybe. Sure, I'm sure there's a whole swath of people that did not get past those first two episodes. There's already things I've been thinking about where it's like, my dad loved Doctor Strange one, for instance. He has not seen Wandavision. How do I go about, you know, giving him the backstory for the show if he's not actually going to watch Wandavision? I don't know, you know, because it is very crucial to Wanda's arc here because. She's been through a lot of stuff before this, but without WandaVision, you don't have that context, I think. I think the easiest way to frame it for someone is that Wanda, as a character right now, is a character driven by grief and loss. Absolutely. She's lost her brother. She's lost her love. And, you know, in, in her psychotic in her psychotic break and, and her unlimited power in bringing him back, she created more things to lose, and she did. And so, yeah. And that's her drive I, I in this think that film. Is, that is her drive is she, there is no logic anymore. She is driven by grief and all of these decisions. I would almost see the dark home as a representation of grief in this, in this movie in a way. Yeah. It's a vestige to give you false hope. You know, it's, it's that Absolutely. sort of when mankind is gripped by fear, like the things you'll do to 
circumvent that fear. Sometimes it's just more horrible things, you know, that maybe started the fear in the first place. But I find her story so interesting in this because they have been setting this up for so long. Like you said, I mean, she's lost so much and she's grown so much in her power and they've kind of done a really good job in the MCU showing how powerful she truly is, what it means to be a reality contortionist what that actually means and in the terms of the MCU. I mean, and they've shown that was strange, but hers is a whole nother level, you know? During my more recent watch through, I was wondering about that, how much of the current reality she has shaped, period, you know? Yeah. But they might not do anything with that, but it was something I kind of thought. Well, Strange gives her an ultimatum. That's where we're at, you know, and doesn't go so well. She ends up attacking Carmitage and all the sorcerers can't hold her back despite their best efforts to be defensive and keep, you know, Carmitage the defensive place it is, you know, they, it, the most, one of the most defensive places in the entire earth, you know, but she does break through, through a lot of this sort of manipulation of other magic and reality. And of course, you know, she starts breaking the ranks of sorcerers, you know, by whispering in their ears whispering in their ears getting in their heads oh that's good a stuff. Of, a lot of a lot of cool stuff but she does kill all the sorcerers and then eventually gets down to strange wong and chavez and this is when we see chavez's power kick in again you know through her fear this is when her multiversal jumping happens and wong gets left behind but strange and chavez get away and wanda captures wong starts torturing him and starts using the dark hold more to dreamwalk and follow them through the multiverse and we were introduced to dreamwalking through the words of baron mordo as he's kind of narrating which is cool but also the excellent excellent visual style of sam Raimi and his editing team where it's like we've got the shots fading in on top of each other we got wanda levitating doing all the dark magic and then we've, we see pictures of the dark hold very similar to the necronomicon and the evil dead trilogy and we see of course you know what this means to dreamwalk which is, is going to be a big part of this movie you know the dreamwalking thing but hey we got strange in america in a different universe and this is where i think chris some of the stuff you're talking about we got a different version of new york it's very pretty we got plant life everywhere we got no trash we got people dressed pretty nice and then we got like all sorts of tech where we got the memory lane you see some strange and strange and christine memories where she gave him the watch you know where sure. they were pre pre-engaged this is also where we learn america chavez's kind of origin and i think this is an area where you really see strange soften towards her once he sees what she's been through Mm. we see her origin story of course of her powers first manifesting and dragging her parents away to an unknown dimension and then her just kind of having to jump dimensions for the rest of her life to this point. And she assumes that she in fact killed her parents. Like that's right. the fact that she is built her life around, you know? Right. So she's scared of her powers. Absolutely. Yeah. And she's truly not only an orphan as in being parentless in the traditional sense, but she's also an orphan in the fact that we've learned that her greatest strength is her uniqueness, not having anyone else in the universe like her, even in other dimensions, but she's made it a a fearful thing, you know, but, but it's actually one of her biggest strengths, right? Is that no one's like her. But in fact, she is like, it's terror to her because she's lost. And like you said, she tells Strange that she's jumped in over 70 dimensions, <laughs> which is just a crazy thing. The funny part about this scene for me mm-hmm. is when America asks 
strange if he has experience with the multiverse and right oh yes of course of course very assured very very confident some incidents with spider-man we dealt yeah. with yeah <laughs> and lo and behold he knows next to nothing and this this He's kid from her yeah yes it it's not she's been the key to this whole thing we'll get there we'll get there yeah absolutely and this sets up a you know we have some more standard MCU scenes. I mean, we do have a great scene with uh, the pizza papa, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> pizza papa gets paid, man. He always gets paid. Always gets and paid. America Chavez is like, food's free, right? And then he's like, not in this universe. <laughs> you know, she's like, oh, it's weird. It's free in most universes I've been to. And she steals the pizza balls and pizza papa basically is giving us plot story where he's like, did you steal this from the strange museum guy? Right. You know, and uh, he tries to squirt the mustard at Strange, and Strange, of course, puts his own self-inflicting spell on him, <laughs> and tells tells Rick Chavez, "Don't worry." As he's punching himself, the pizza papa that uh, it'll wear off in a couple of weeks, and Poor they papa. immediately are like, "We should go to the Strange Museum." Obviously, and apparently, they find out Strange is gone in this universe, and there's a memorial to him. Dun dun dun. And then we see Mordo. Yeah. And I, who are they greeted by? But Baron Mordo, the the oh, sorcerer man. supreme of this of this universe, apparently a member of the Illuminati. Excellent. He does he, drug them. He <laughs> drugs strange in America and they wake up captured. Mm-hmm. And this is this is where it gets very, very interesting. We are introduced by Mordo, who is a as the sorcerer supreme sits on this council, we are introduced to the Illuminati, the most powerful or smartest or most trusted superheroes of this universe. And of course, right. Mordo being one, we have captain Carter who is Peggy Carter is with the super, super serum. Yep. Super soldier serum. We of course have black bolt. Very, very cool. Costume looks great. Mm-hmm. And of course, Maria photon Rambo, different, Captain Marvel in this universe, because Morta does right. refer to her as Captain Marvel. Yes, uh, Photon and Captain Marvel. It's yeah, we went yeah. we went over all that in our uh, yeah. Captain Marvel. Episode. Very complex. Uh, it is extremely <laughs> history complex. on that character. And then the big reveal. Well, two of them, but yeah, the, the bigger one for me. Uh, <laughs> right. The other one was 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 welcome and fun, but par for the course. Of course, was uh, Mister Fantastic himself, played by John Krasinski. There, and it, great take on the character. Good introduction. Yep. That's some fan casting right there. It, it was. That's Ahsoka all over again. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that he will play that character in the future because this was a different universe. You could mm-hmm. cast anybody in our universe in the 616 universe if you wanted to bring the Fantastic Four in. But I thought the portrayal was pretty good. It was interesting. Yeah. And you have the Illuminati uh, revealing the truth. And they say it's time to bring in our final member. <laughs> yes. And we should tell him the truth. Uh, and that's the line uttered by Mr. Charles Xavier as he comes out in his, of course, yellow chair. We're going yeah. full 90s X-Men here. Yeah. And yeah, the truth you're talking about, Chris, is that we have another strange, the one with the monuments too. And he was the founder of the Illuminati in this universe. When Thanos came to their universe, Strange was determined to beat Thanos. So he turned to the Darkhold. And he started dreamwalking. So once again, we're seeing that dreamwalking come up that Wanda's doing as she traces them. And in Strange's words, the Illuminati, things just got out of hand. 
and he went too far. And so in this universe, they did beat Thanos, but they had to do the unthinkable. And in Strange's life, even, you know, he was completely in agreement with this, you know, because he had created an incursion through using the Darkhold. He had created an incursion and he had destroyed an entire another universe. And all life in that universe was destroyed. Very tough. Oof. Probably the right right uh, call there. But the way he went out, I just absolutely loved the portrayal of Black Bolt's power here. Uh, I thought visually it was. I'm sorry. That's just about says. perfect. Uh, he whis- simply whispers, "I'm sorry." And Strange disintegrates. And notably, that's the second version of Strange. Well, third, including the 616 version of Strange that will have been portrayed by Cumberbatch in this movie to this point. Right. And a fun fact of the scene that really struck a chord with me the second time I saw it, Chris, is, um, you know, everyone's looking really somber in that scene because, of course, they all have to watch Strange die in front of them. But the craziest little side fact is in this universe, Strange had a fully blue tunic and a fully yep. blue cloak of levitation. Yep. And Reed Richards is in the background holding the cloak of levitation because, of course, the cloak of levitation is sentient and like he was not guilty of Strange's crimes of using the Darkhold, you know? So they, of course, let the sentient being live. It's just sad. It makes it sadder to yeah. me. <laughs> like, like he's holding the cloak, looking somber, and the cloak's, yeah. of course, watching this as well. So, of course, this is a big moment, Chris, because, yeah, we got given the Illuminati, but the actual point of this moment is that we get Wanda Dreamwalk into this universe, into the body of a Wanda Maximoff who has her boys, who's his mom, and she takes over her body. You know, we have some cool horror moments here. That's, I mean, that's a terrifying thought too, but... Oh gosh, yeah. Not only that, but I think it's important to point out here that it is the Scarlet Witch doing this. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. She is in the Temple of the Dark Home. Right, she. This is yeah, yeah. Because at this point, she she's is, yeah, she is she's gone fully, there fully powered. Because the Illuminati in in this universe that we find ourselves in, mm-hmm. they are not scared of the Scarlet Witch at all. Yeah, in, in their so. in their yeah. universe, they're not scared. Wanda, they're not scared of Wanda. But I don't know that they have dealt with the Scarlet Witch, and it's clear that they haven't because it doesn't take long for 616 Scarlet Witch to find her way to the Illuminati and just absolutely shred through the Ultron unit guards. Oh, yeah. She makes absolute quick work of the actual Illuminati. There is the fun. There is the fun moment between Krasinski as as Reed Richards here. Yeah. Do you have kids? And and, and Wanda. And is their mother still alive? Yes, she still is. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's it's a good scene, but the way they illustrate the Scarlet Witch's power here is just insane. It's awesome. She just shreds what these mouth powerful does Black Bolt have? <laughs> oh, oh, that's just oh I never did I think we would get something like that in the MCU. I'm gonna be honest. Well, I'll tell Black you Black Bolt exploding his own head. Black Bolt exploding his head was something straight out of the boys. Mm-hmm. That Absolutely. the effects used, the way they depicted it, it was straight out of the boys. And then, of course, she makes short work of Reed. He gets shredded up and then is... Literally, literally turned into ribbons. 
It's literally just Rambo and Captain Carter at that moment. And Captain Carter gets severed in half and she falls off from her body from the vibrating shield that Wanda controlled, you know, with her powers. And then, over the old fastball. Yeah, we have a good fight between Captain Marvel and her. And, you know, Captain Marvel in binary forms even actually putting a lot of heat on Wanda. But Wanda ends up overpowering her. We have a very Dragon Ball Z sort of moment. And then, yeah. of course, collapsing the Illuminati statues on her body and just crushing her. And yeah, then she's right there chasing strange and we haven't mentioned yet. And of course we got to mention that this character exists, but we get introduced to this universe first through this universe, which we are told is eight, three, eight Christine Palmer, who is the lead researcher of the multiversal research facility at the Baxter building. And she has done all this research about these other universes and becomes a main character in this plot, this different version of Christine, you know, entirely. And I find that very interesting because like you said, a lot of this movie is just about character development for Stephen Strange. And he asks her, what was I to you in this universe? And she said, we never quite figured that out. And so he's getting the same story again, you know? Well, I think there's a lot here with, with the 838 Christine Palmer. She's projecting her... Stephen Strange onto him, is. and he is projecting hers onto her. And we know how the Strange ended and what happened right. with him. Keep that in mind, right? Setting our Strange apart from the rest, which, we, like you said, we're going to talk more about at the end, but we'll get there. I don't think our Strange is that different from the rest. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. They, they into some of that. So we have a great chase sequence with Wanda. She's shoeless, you know, and mom clothes, just crushing through glass and bleeding everywhere. And just, she would stop at nothing to get America Chavez. And, you know, and I think some of the things you mentioned earlier, Chris, something that immediately struck me in my second viewing with this being a parent, I was like, she just took over that woman's body and left the boys at home by themselves. 100%. Like she's trying to, her drive is this motherhood and being a mother and her drive for her husband and her boys, like her family unit again. But she in fact is, you know, doing the opposite. You know, this is, this is a tale as old as time. We've seen this a lot. This is the Anakin Skywalker story all over again. You know, it's like this, this actually 100% is very, a very condensed mm -hmm. uh, Anakin Skywalker. Uh, Get all this power. Absolutely. It, it, for sure. It'll save your family. But in getting the power, you just completely neglect them, hurt them. And getting the power to save them, you are their destruction oh. and the thing you sought to protect them from. It's rough, man. It's freaking rough. It is rough. rough. It is <laughs> rough. But I, to me, we're about to hit the home stretch of the movie here. And this is just, ah, this movie just really, really sets itself apart from the rest starting here. There is a confrontation that I found very, very interesting. The confrontation between Professor X and Wanda that happened yeah. inside 838's, eight, the 838 version of Wanda, this confrontation happens inside her mind. And the way they chose to execute this scene, mm, it is beautiful. This, this, this beautiful stark white background and, and a little bit of rubble. The rubble looks straight out of Sokovia from Avengers 2. And 838 Wanda is hiding in this rubble. Yep. Professor X, not in his wheelchair or his magic floaty yellow thing, because he is a mental projection right here. So he mm. is, Patrick Stewart is walking, uh, dressed very smartly, by the way. Yes, of course. That black turtleneck and the slacks. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> but he tries to coax Wanda out of this rubble. And mm -hmm. then the Scarlet Witch 
arrives. And the depiction of the Scarlet Witch arriving, I found to be both beautiful and haunting in its depiction as this red smoke just billowing in on this this stark white background with only one thing to focus on and that's this rubble and patrick stewart standing in the middle of it it is just absolutely a breathtaking scene excellently excellently executed i can't say enough about it and then I mean, when Wanda visualizes out of out of the fog, it is once again, you are reminded that we are in an actual horror movie. This is not a psychological thriller, even though it pretended to be for one scene. Yeah. And she pops out and either severs his jaw or his neck or both, which I think she snaps his neck. Yeah. Which is a crazy thing. But also we didn't mention earlier in the movie, they they pull no punches when we got these crazy Rammy horror shots of doors shutting and cameras flipping over and. You know, Strange does put her in the mirror dimension to try to slow her down in Carmitage. And she contorts reality and climbs through the mirror dimension through reflections and actually cuts her body up a lot through the mirror dimension. That's a nice little touch. And then she kind of healing factors her body back through Mm -hmm. reality and contorts like the grudge or Ringu. I was going to say, it's kind of a callback to the the ring and Ringu and and the grudge. Yeah, It's not healing factor. It's reality contortion, right? Right. She's literally snapping herself back together. It's so good. Yeah. And her popping out of that mist. And we, we haven't talked about her costume in this, her makeup, but all incredible, all different in this from any other iteration of her. But most notably is the crown and, of course, her fingers, which are, you know, corrupted by the dark hold, which you actually see if you watch again. Yes. The Strange in the 838 universe, he has his shaking hands like Strange always does, but mm-hmm. he has the corrupted fingers from the dark hold. You know, of course, goatee-less, beardless Strange, too. Nice touch there. Different, different thing. Every independent strange not only had different facial hair, but also different color magic. Oh, gosh. I know. That Defender Strange with his ice magic and his Mm -hmm. full beard with the ponytail. And then, of course, we had just kind of a clean-shaven 838 Strange. We didn't get to see the color of 838's magic, though, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. But presumably, he was using chaos magic, you know, with the red. Maybe. If he was using the dark hole. But I like that makeup detail because you know that was something that probably lizzie olsen had to be in the chair a long time every day to get her not only her makeup but her of course her hand makeup every day and you know she starts developing claws and stuff in this too uh during these horror bits which is a crazy crazy thing so xavier tries he really does but you know he's he literally as you said chris is trying to save this universe is wanda from the scarlet witch because once again we're not wanda on wanda here this is this is the essence of the scarlet witch like you said wanda is lost yeah this is vader i mean yeah anakin's <laughs> yeah. dead oh, i'd like to push back a little bit i kind of think that that was kind of a hail mary play there by professor x obviously but yeah yeah obviously not not push back but i i really think he knew that he did not have a good chance of prevailing here at, with the way she just tore through the others so easily i think he was 100 just trying to buy strange time good point because he does tell strange where the vishanti book of vishanti well he even has a confrontation with mordo yes about how professor x believes in this strange and i think that this kernel of belief is what sets our strange apart because professor x is not the first one to do it that's true. America goes to bat for him a little bit earlier in the movie. And then shortly after this. Yeah. Shortly after Christine, this. And it's, yeah. and it's these two instances of 
these two characters believing in Stephen Strange that lets him start believing in himself again. I and love the it. thing yeah. that sets our Stephen apart, the 616 Stephen apart, is the fact that America even happened because in this next scene that we're going to get, we mm-hmm. see the illustration of the Stephen Strange that does not get interrupted by America Chavez at that wedding. Yeah. Do you just want to jump into that scene? Cause uh, we, we I talked about the chase. Do. We talked about how Christine is starting to come around on to strange. Like she's understanding that he actually might be different. A couple fun things here. We have some great Rami comedy moments where we have the intense horror suspense building up. And then it's, it's a creature running down the hallway and the music's b- building up. And then it's just strange, you know, coming around the corner. That's classic Rami stuff. That was um, good. It's that camp meets the actual intense horror. Um, and subverting expectations as well. Absolutely. Very good. And they do that several times in this movie. I mean, it's it's like the scene where he sees Mordo and they they have these close eye shots and they're about to fight and then they give each other a hug, you know. Um, and Strange is like, this, uh, this is a go on red universe. You're right. <laughs> you know, this is a different thing. So, yeah, let's talk about that next scene, Chris, because they do get chased by Scarlet Witch. I talked about in her mom jeans. I love it. And Christine does tell Steven that like the code to break the rune, to open the final door, to actually escape to the book of the Vashanti is his watch. You know, it's this, it's this connective tissue, right? Well, not only is it his watch, but she's wearing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty wild thing, right? The most important possession Stephen Strange has in almost every universe is that watch. And in the 838, where Stephen is dead, she yeah. is wearing that watch. If It's a big deal. It just goes to show that she's the Christine that 616 wants. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. Yeah. It does hurt. It does hurt. But this is maybe why he's so different, you know? in some of the ways, but I think he's become different through this journey now. Yeah, definitely. And you know, they allude to a lot of this in Dr. Strange one. It's fun to see these seeds pay off where it's like the realization in Dr. Strange one, that strange and Mordo both have simultaneously about the ancient one that she's actually been fighting the good fight for so many centuries because she's been pulling from the dark dimension, dark power to keep herself alive. The means that she went to get her ends, you know, and Mordo is so didactic. He's so like lawful, you know, he's like, there's only one way and you broke mess with reality. He's, he's, he's very letter of the law about it. And so that Mordo in the six, one six universe ends up going dark side because Right, his whole worldview has been shattered because his mentor, who's this essence of good, the Sorcerer Supreme, in fact, was pulling on dark magic all these years to do things. And Strange takes us to the next level with the Eye of Agamotto. We know this, and it further distances from Mordo. But Ancient One sees something in him that she says, "You're different. Like you will be the best Sorcerer Supreme because." You can see the means to an end, but you actually can fight the evils. So she said something like that. She's like better than I did. And she actually admits to some of the evils she's come to over the years, but warns him of the dangers, warns him. And I I, I do believe Professor X sees that same thing in him. I do believe sure. that uh, America Chavez sees that same thing in him. And that leads to this next scene that you want to talk about, I'm sure. I do. Right? I do want to talk about this scene. So fill us in here, Chris, on this. Well, naturally, Scarlet Witch is going to get away with America Chavez and she's going to pull the strings of America's mind to use America's body to open up a portal 
to somewhere. And in this somewhere, it is actually, in fact, the realms that converged from the Stephen Strange in the 838. This is what he was punished for. Scarlet Witch has teleported them there, and they eventually make their way to some sort of sanctum, sanctorum, to find the last version of Doctor Strange that we will meet. And as the Stranges talk, he says something very interesting. He, The, the newest Strange, the Convergence Strange, mm-hmm. he says something about how he was at the very same wedding that we found 616 Stephen Strange mm-hmm. attending. And instead of that wedding being interrupted by America Chavez, this version of Stephen Strange went home and brooded on loneliness and loss and grief. And he too did some terrible things. And then you start mm-hmm. to notice the blackened fingers. Darkhold. Yes. And he is the holder of the dark home here in this realm. And I, I found that very interesting that he said that because it seems that our Stephen Strange was on the very same path until America. Yeah, I like this kind of just uh, stumbles into his life which brings him into contact with this Professor X who sees this in her. America sees this in him. And it is the belief in him that when he's faced with these same choices, he's going to be faced with the choice here very shortly, mm-hmm. that he makes the choice every other Stephen Strange could not. Love it. Yeah. And we get this confrontation, but also this sort of... um meeting of the minds and recognition of each other's flaws and wants between these two strangers. Yes. One is definitely a dark side strange that went down this different path. That's very obvious with the, you know, dark makeup, dark hair, the long goatee things just got out of hand is what he says. And of course this universe is shattered. Things are off in this universe. Um, I mean, the sanctum sanctorum is, is there's a bridge that leads to, a floating multiversal nothingness, you know, um, right. sort of thing. But I like the similarities and the differences between them. And I, and it's something that really stuck with me in the scene is the discussion of, he's like, how can I trust you're actually me and not some manifestation is what the dark side strange says. And strange is like, well, we had a young sister that no one knows about, you know, that passed away very young. And, you know, her name was Donna and the strange is like, Okay, yeah, we did. And that's a shared trauma they have, you know, but it's this sort of thing. We we get all these nuances of Strange in this movie through his other versions, like you're talking about, Chris. We're we're learning more about our character through these different versions of him that made right or wrong decisions, different power sets, Absolutely. but the same Stranges. And that's my favorite part about this movie is that, you know, at its core, the plot, it's a Wanda movie, like I said, but I mean, really, it's an exploration of Strange's character and an introduction of American Chavez, America Chavez. And this fight between these two Stranges, because it eventually happens, because Strange rejects the Darkhold in this scene, sort of. <laughs> he rejects this Strange's take on what needs to be done for the universe. And they fight, and Strange doesn't want to fight him, but they end up fighting. And we have a meeting of the minds of Danny Elfman and, <laughs> you know, Rami, like I talked about earlier, where we have very awesome scene, very awesome fight. Yeah. A musical spell battle. I mean, something that, you know, puts Harry Potter to shame in a lot of ways, but it's that sort of style where it's like, they are 
manifesting spells. They are using objects in the room and adding spells to these objects and manifesting power out of those, you know, in different ways. And of course, in this room, it's a big music room with a harp and piano and all these things and lots of um, sheet music that becomes stuff that has been imbued with the power. And they have sort of a rock band-esque fight, which is awesome, where Danny Elfman was having time of his life recreating some of Beethoven's Fifth, some of Wagner, and some original pieces of just crazy dissonant <laughs> stuff colliding, you know, musical notes colliding. And it's cool because it's like, it's a fun thing to watch where it's like only Doctor Strange can give us this sort of MCU fight, you know, where it's not so much a big bombastic fight. It's this sort of like two wizards, you know, trying to outthink each other. And it's very visually and musically stunning. And it was cool to have a musically stunning scene in MCU because that's not really, that's not normal. (laughs) Like the music was the centerpiece. I thought the music was the most boring part. Well, the visuals are insane, but I mean, obviously the idea of like, the idea of the music is so cool, but the, using the fact music that to they, like, but the, the, the fact that they just used some kind of obvious choices for the music was, I, I thought straight I off the street, street, street yeah, music pages. it wasn't very it, like, I, I get why they did it. I understand the, the in universe logic, right? It's still, still a little bit too safe, a little bit too boring for me, but <laughs> Yeah. everything else musical about notes being no, spells no yeah that's that had nothing to do with mm-hmm. the music playing in the background yeah the the visuals and the acting everything else about this is absolutely insane it's awesome it's Coming one of my favorite himself. fight scenes in the mcu bar none it's it's right up there it's top three i think and yeah strange gets one note out of that harp and hits you know, hits the dark strange's magic and explodes it on himself. Isn't that the the coolest part about how all it took was that little, that one little unseen note <laughs> to, to bring about all that chaos. Very cool. Yeah. And he flies out the window and is impaled on spikes outside of his Gothic version of Sanctum Santorum. And they and, show uh, it, man. And that's they cool. Show they show all of it in this movie. It's very great. It's great. Yeah. We didn't mention earlier, but you know, Defender Strange obviously dies by the demon's tentacle and it just right. sears a hole right through his chest you know right. and his leg you know we see it but you know christine is still working with strange here and this is where it gets real crazy when you're talking about strange versus <laughs> where you're talking about chris where strange has an idea to get back to america chavez because she is because now as you mentioned scarlet witch is just fully going after america taking her power out of her she's starting sure. the ritual starting the ritual also wong has been knocked off the cliff by wanda and her demons we don't know if he's returning at this point we've hit the end game <laughs> we've hit the end game we're, we're coming to that climax of the of the story and what a climax this is chris this is my new favorite moment in the mcu oh um, really i think so yeah but i think this is my sort of love of genre films horror and fantasy in particular and and especially this sort of rammy gothic style used in a cool way in the mcu you know with the budgets they have and the tech they have you know is it's oh, unbelievable it amazing but there's actually sequences that lead even up to what i'm talking about but we have strange say if i could dream walk to that universe i could save america you know to christine and they have a couple discussions about the dangers of that. Isn't that what led this strange or Wanda or all these things? Certain way? Those are spoken about, right? Between him and Christine. But I love the practical effects in these scenes where it's like strange pulls all the candles in his house to the room. You know, they all get sucked in. This is a Ramy effect. They all, they all light at once. Yeah. Yeah. Practical stuff. He starts using the dark hold to reach out in that universe and this is where it gets crazy. This is the illustration of how our strange, the 616 strange is different. Mm. 
given the choice of using the Darkhold, or initially he rejects it. And once mm-hmm. he comes to the realization, much like the path taken with Thanos, that this is the only possible way I can have any effect on the outcome of how this right. all plays out right. is to use the dark hole and dreamwalk. And that is exactly what he does. But how you say, well, <laughs> the dead, how? the dead, strange dead defenders, strange uh, that is buried on some roof in New York city. <laughs> He's like, I can, they didn't say the body had to be alive. You know, you can dream walk into a body of and your it's, other it's self. Important. I think it's not important to note. I think it's interesting to note here that before he does it in the discussions, he knows that this is against the laws of magic. And this is just a little good world building mm. snippet. We're not told the laws of magic. It's just told to you that this is one of them. And this what he's about to do, you know, dream walking in a dead body is against those laws so he knows that these he's evil spirits are going to come right this is the second movie where he's broken the laws of magic to defeat a greater that is a that is a that is a steven strange special right there it's so thinking outside the does. box yeah that's what he does but he also warns this christine that in doing this he might break some laws and things might happen you know he might die and he's okay with that to save america and also crazy dark magic things might happen and that's what happens so we actually have some pretty fun classic Raimi scenes where we have you know the spirits of the damned actually come out of strange's body and infect her universe you know because they are they have an open pathway right essentially because he's kind of traveling through limbo in a sense to this and um she defeats some of them with uh the magical artifacts in her place which is cool strange is at this point not making it he's she says he's burning up he's dying and uh his you know he's but she gives him a little words of encouragement saying like because we actually see him go into the body but his body his actual body in real life is dying you know as he's doing this it's not hanging on because the spirits are taking over this christine maybe like you were talking about chris her being different and her actually having more faith and strange than she even let on at first i think the stranger in her universe, but she, she's like, they have no power of you. You are the sorcerer supreme, you know? Well, that's right. And that's a very kind of magical thinking principle to do Mm. in Mm. the first place is twist something that that came at you with bad intention or or whatever, and use that power uh, yourself. And that is exactly what strange does. He bends these spirits of the damned to his will. Right. And, takes their power for his own. Uh, they kind of become his zombie da- spirits of damned cloak, uh, the cloak of the damned, if you will. You know, he uses it to, f- to fly up to the temple of the dark home and we find ourselves ready for the final confrontation. And obviously just absolutely visually stunning. Cause we have Benedict awesome. in full prosthetics being oh, zombie yeah. strange with the ponytail and then missing half of his jaw and he's got the and, hole in and, his chest and a light stage of decomposition as well. Decomposition. And my favorite part, Chris, and I think this is why it's my new favorite MCU moment where it's like he rests control of the spirits. Like you said, he makes a, cl- a bat like cloak, but even before that he goes, you know, full power of the Vishanti. He's got the multi arm and he's got multi arms yeah, from man. the spirits. It's so cool. Well, it's the same, it's the same picture when he harnesses everything in strange one right in, in the dark universe 
you know, it's the same in the dark dimension. The, in the dark dimension, it's that yeah, same and pose. Yeah, and if anywhere, it's yeah. that same pose, but it's using the spirits of the damned to make the pose, and it's Fools so in. cool. Fools in, yeah, so he's in so cool. So he flies up to Wanda, and at this point, we actually see that Wong survived, and Wong actually ends up killing one of the behemoth demons, which is awesome, with his magical weapon that, of course, can manifest in different ways. He's using it as sort of a hook, you know, weapon to get back up on the roof. And Wong is so happy to see Strange. It's actually a cool moment, because like you said, we've had this sort of frenemy thing going on, off and on the last two movies, uh, that being Spider-Man in this movie. And, you know, he's so happy to see Strange using powers in the ways that Wong doesn't like. But sure, trying to come save the day. And, and I think Wong understands that there was likely no other choice. I think he knows Strange enough to this point because he even says, I don't care. I don't even want to know. Let's just handle business. Yeah. And then we have a strange Wanda fight, you know, and it's, it's it doesn't last that long because really the point of this fight is Strange is using a He's not using a fully functional body. He's using a way to get to America Chavez and try to buy some time, either save her, but what it ends up being is actually unlocking her power, you know, which is Through a big deal here. His belief in her. Absolutely. She, it full circle. He's, he's the first one to really believe in her. Well, and also tell her her powers are not a curse, like her orphanage right. and her powers. Right. Very Professor X of him in a way, really. Oh, wow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's very cool. She inspired him. He now inspires her and america chavez takes control of her powers she doesn't beat the scarlet witch though no she She knocks scarlet witch out of wanda in a little bit she twists it she gives scarlet witch exactly what it is she wants and that's access to the to the dimension that has the 838 dimension that has her boys this portal this star-shaped portal is open right in the living room talk about some elizabeth olsen acting here right <laughs> it's insane we got anger going to like the psychotic anger going to like sadness going to joy going back to sadness you know there's a lot there's a lot going on right here. and these very these very boys that wanda wants to take and raise and and protect from harm mm-hmm. see her as she is they see the scarlet witch in her full power yep and she is a monster and they freak out and they summon you know the 838 wanda who is not a, the scarlet witch we just talked about the power of using like the same actor playing two characters you know in, in a fight scene per se you know but also in a great verbal confrontation before that not very many words are spoken in the scene but uh lizzie olsen in both these scenes both these characters just delivers the two of them you know the realization between the two of them what i could become what i have become right those actually aren't my boys then they'll never be my boys because of they're her boys. And also I've, the means I've gone to these ends is, is crazy, you know? Yeah. So this actually leads the Scarlet Witch to snap out of it a little bit and become Wanda again and actually destroy the dark hold. And she uses her powers to do it because she actually has, she only has the power to do it because no one else has the power to destroy Mount Wondagore. And she destroys all copies of the dark hold throughout the multiverse, which apparently sacrifices herself in the process. Well, maybe, maybe. There is that little flash of red light in there that could have been could have signified her her passing or it could have been debris bouncing off of a magical force field or something. But yeah, tied that ending up really nice and neat, though, didn't they? <laughs> For now, 
of course, the film ends with us showing Carmitage being rebuilt, repaired with the surviving sorcerers, and we see America Chavez learning to use the sling ring and becoming becoming a sorcerer herself. You know, and it's pretty cool. Like it, it's like you talked about Strange and America believing each other, and the, kind of that nice little ending moment before we actually get the credits scene, the first credit scene. You know, which MCU sure. always getting weird with that stuff. But first credit scene, we see Strange walking, and he drops in pain and then we see the third eye that was on the dark hold strange form on his head and open up for the first time crazy and it's a crazy awesome. screaming rammy ending you know the you end with like bruce campbell screaming mm-hmm. at the camera and the camera mm-hmm. zooms in real fast in his mouth like it the dark holes still survived through strange which is crazy because it's been destroyed everywhere using yeah using the dark hole takes a toll on its user that is established and i it, it wasn't just a figurative oh you might do some bad things or right you know have to inhabit a dead body for a little while it it literally changes you and this is the manifestation of that and also the effect on this the third eye effect they use <laughs> is just so it's so good it looks great. It does look good. It's 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 really cool. But of course, we get our first mid-credit scene, which is Strange, of course, approached by the sorceress, Clea. And she's like, we got to go to the Dark Dimension. And that's just classic well, he, MCU he's, thing. He's causing, he caused a convergence. He's, and he, unlike the other Stranges, he is ready to get in there and fix it. Deal with it. Yeah. And then, of course, we got to mention the Pizza Papa post-credit scene. He's relieved of his spell, finally. <laughs> He's, he punches himself several times. He's covered in bruises and black eyes. And then his hand finally stops. Of course, a reference to Bruce Campbell in the Evil Dead trilogy where he beat up himself several times with his own hand before he cut it off for the chainsaw arm. And he says it's over, you know, which is a very, it's funny for the character because the spell's over, but he's also telling you the movie's over and we'll have fun again another time. But it's just a fun little Easter egg. So excellent, excellent experience this movie. The, the balance of the camp, the comedy, the horror the suspense, the violence, and the character building. You know, there's there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. Honestly, maybe too much to catch the first time. You know, there's sure. so much. Um, I think this is this film begs to be rewatched for the visual and musical prowess of the film, but also, as you were saying, Chris, there's so many layers to characters and their stories in this. This just past Strange and Wanda. I mean, all the side characters have little mini arcs as well. And of course, America being a lead character as well has a big primary arc where she's kind of an origin story for her for us oh it's, it's absolutely an origin story but i think it's kind of hinted here that she's gonna make the 616 her home and i just i really feel that her and, and strange are so integral to each other's stories yep in this movie that I, I you know i feel they developed a really believable bond by the end of the movie, because, you know, they just they they have literally changed each other's lives and the projection of each other's lives in such a profound way. I also like, too, that we you talked about this was supposed to be Peter Parker, but I think I think Peter Parker softened strange for this, you know? Sure. No, they made it work uh, having to yeah. change it from being Peter. Uh, it, it, I'm just ecstatic that America Chavez is now in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think win 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 and i mean we got that excellent spider-man movie out of it so <laughs> everybody this wins. has just been this has just been wins all the way down 
Yeah, this movie is a huge win for me, Chris. It's absolutely my favorite MCU movies come out in the last year or so of this phase. I know there's not been a ton in phase four, but I think there's interesting things happening in phase four. This is my favorite film so far. Of course, they've been really excellent things with shows going on in phase four in particular risks and non-risks you know we've talked about the non-risks of falcon and Winter soldier all the way to the risks of loki and wandavision and things that pay off and don't pay off and i think the risks in this pay off and i think you know weirdly some of the weakest stuff in this is the fact that this couldn't just be a standalone doctor strange movie it still has to be an mcu movie at the end of the day sure and there's a couple things that are like direct nods winks or ties the mcu that they just have to do and they right. do it and that actually the film suffers a little bit for that because it is so unique and so different and so kind of out of left field and great for strange's story like you said his arc you know it's we're kind of getting more of the character and i'm so in love with this character and i love him more and more through things like the what if episode and dr strange 2 these sort of left field things that add on to the strange we kept getting in the avengers movies and all these side movies where he kept showing up but he never got his second movie yet you know it's right. been a long time for him to get his second movie uh the longest of any run of one of these characters so i don't know what else i could ask for you know yeah, I, it's not a perfect movie. There are some kind of mm -hmm. questions left, but nothing that really makes me, nothing that dampens my enjoyment of this movie. This movie is just honestly a lot of fun. It's yeah. very Raimi, mm -hmm. and it's really very rewatchable, to be honest with you. Not not a ton of MCU movies have me really just, in really just loving my rewatch of them, but this one did, and especially in phase four, unfortunately. Yeah. Phase four has been tough on the movie front so far. Uh, yeah. You like but, see him once and you're like, I kind of got the, I got mm -hmm. that story. I enjoyed I it, it and I'm ready to move on. Spider-Man and Dr. Strange being different. I love both of these movies so much. It, it really is hard to pick a favorite, but for now, I think this one's my favorite because the risks it takes, you know, and Spider-Man took risks too, but they're very calculated and they were very heartstring intentionally tied to and tied to the heartstrings you know this was sure this was a doctor strange comic book movie through and through you know and that's not something we always get in the mcu you know we, right. we usually serve the mcu first before we serve the comic book characters and this is kind of a super nerdy mcu movie in that way you know it's more like you just read a one-off of a strange right series you know and the few things that kind of hold it back are these mcu ties but everyone was great in it I mean, honestly, yeah, all the honestly, great. it's, it's a pretty ensemble film, but it's cool that it does focus on the, the main three, of course, strange Wanda and America, but everyone else, all the supporting cast. Great cameos. Fun. Did we need them? I don't know at the end of the day, but I mean, they eh, served the story. If we needed them. They were, they fun. served the story. I mean, yeah. I, of course I was Patrick Stewart. I was freaking out as you know. I mean, I just have so much eyes. More good came from them than bad in my mm -hmm estimation you were going to have the scenes of they were going to be held somewhere in yeah. some dimension they were going to be held movie. by some authority i think it's pretty uh i think it's a pretty good choice to bring these characters in and kind of you know introduce the introduce the concept of the 616 earth having different maybe different superheroes or different history than these other earths even though it shares a lot of the same people and maybe they share a similar nature but you know all of these events are different and these worlds are different even if minor and i don't know it was fun you know it's it's fun to say a movie was fun that's that that's this creative and i think that's maybe why i like it so much chris i think that's 
I think you hit the nail on the head where it's like, sometimes I just watch MC movies and they're fun and that's all they are, you know? And sometimes MC movies are creative or they're unique, like a Black Panther or something. Yeah. And that's really, this is a standout, but it's maybe not that fun. This is a really weird one where it's like, it's weirdly fun, but it's also weirdly serious and creative mm-hmm. on top because you see the threads of like trying new things. And this sort of making a horror film in the MCU has never been done. I mean, we're 30 films in. What a great time to do it and give me more in the future. Like, they don't have to be that often, but it's like, this worked. And I think they should do it again. I think they will. I hope they will. (laughs) It's just a pretty crazy movie that's got made. I'm just still like, how did this one get made? It's just crazy. Well, look, demographics are changing and Mm -hmm. people are looking for the American, I, I guess the Western audience is looking for different which is kind of what makes MCU movies so weird because they have such worldwide appeal. They have to appeal to the Western audience and the Eastern audience. And it's a very interesting tightrope to walk. Yeah. Uh, They nailed this one for me. Uh, It seems they nailed it for, I know they had to change some things or cut some scenes in China or did it even release in China? I'm not sure, but right. I mean, it made a ton of money, so and maybe they'll be open to taking these kind of risks in the future. Absolutely. And um, I'm really looking forward to Strange's story continuing. And of course, Clea being introduced in the story because you, you and I are about to talk about her very soon on the show. They've shown us where they're willing to go. I think they should use Strange as an avenue to go these places that they can't go with maybe certain characters of the MCU. And I think that's a good avenue to use him because that's what they've done in comics. Well, yeah. And they're going to use him to open up the the entire you know Marvel uh magic you know the the magic side of marvel the dark side that you know yeah just all kinds of crazy the dark stuff, side but... of the force yeah and yeah. expect you know expect a lot of characters soon i you know, i think a lot of characters we have in mcp are going to be showing up in the uh mcu in this phase so yeah i'm ready for dormammu to come back because i mean of course him and strange just have a bargain He's, they're, they're right. both still around that's that's an ever-present threat between the two of them at all times yeah super super fun Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Of course, guys, our painting gallery with no name has just ended, but we'll be starting a new one in the coming weeks. So that's something you're interested to learn more about on the Patreon or just, you know, participate in because you don't have to be a patron to participate in that. We will have info on that soon, but it's, you know, for everyone that submitted an entry, I want to say thank you now. Um, huge shout out to Dylan that we got to do this community wide event for yeah. just listeners of the podcast. You know, it's not, it's not a patron thing. It's just, it's anyone who's willing to put their work out there, which is not easy to do. MCP community wide event. Extremely cool. You know, big ups to Dylan. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Of course, you can follow our show on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, or collaborations and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. If you like this MCU content, definitely listen to it and send it to your friends and family that might not play MCP, but they keep up with the MCU. And we would really appreciate that because it seems like you guys like this stuff and it'd be cool to get other people into MCP. So uh, use these MCU episodes as a gateway to get them to listen to some MCP content as well. That's Jesse, folks. First hit's always free. Thanks right. to approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music and help spread the word about our show. Rate, review, and subscribe. And like I say every week, guys, it really does mean a lot and it really does help. It's not just a thing we have to say. It's 100% true. And uh, thank you to every one of you that have done anything at all.
Yeah. And we, and we, we're not joking when we say like, it helps us out a lot and it helps the community a lot because as the spiel I just gave, I mean, my goal is to get people into this game we love so much and to have people enjoy the MCU and the comics as much as Chris and I do. And, uh, and, you know, in ways that, you know, they might not have experienced before, you know, hopefully we can add some positive insight on things. And when you guys spread the news of the show, that really helps us achieve that goal. Of course, you can find Chris and I on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, two F's and two T's. Very excited about uh, the NBA. Of course. Well, this was a really fun episode of the MCU. I'm happy to return very soon with some Moon Knight content, with some Thor Love and Thunder content. There's a lot of good stuff on the horizon that we're going to talk about on the show. So until then, stay tuned. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed and you can listen to those MCU episodes. But we got a lot of MCP on the horizon as well, a lot. So until next time, thanks for listening. True Believers. Excelsior. has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 